Our scripture reading for today comes from Colossians 1, 15 through 20 and 24 through 28. Listen for the word of God. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its minister according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations but has now been revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil and strive with all the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our scripture passage today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed, indeed, only one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy Lord, our God, send your Spirit upon us that we may hear with wisdom and proclaim with joy what you are saying to your church this day. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Now, before we start, I want to tell you a little secret about the choosing of, hymn, of sermon titles. Often we have to put our bulletin information into a shared document weeks ahead of the preaching moment. 
And so sometimes the sermon title precedes the sermon itself. I mean, in fact, all the time. Uh, so, and on this occasion, our, our new executive associate pastor, Eric Kuberian, was going to be preaching on this day. And so he set all of his bulletin information in the bulletin and then things got changed and I'm preaching today. So I took a look at that document and I saw that the text for today is lectionary, which means Christians all around the world are hearing about Mary and Martha. But he also put a sermon title in there, uh, Surprising Distractions. And I said, well, that sounds pretty good. Let's go with that. So that's what we got today. And that guides us into hearing the scripture and hearing God's word for us today. Last week, we heard one of Jesus' most well-known parables, the story of the compassionate foreigner, the Good Samaritan. Jesus ends that parable with a question to all of us. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And we said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus told us, go and do likewise. What Jesus told us was, do this and you will live. If we were to ask Jesus what the one thing that were necessary, Jesus would have told us, do justice, love with merciful kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Do this and you will live. That's the summary of last week, in case you needed to remember. <laughs> or catch up or you weren't here. Now, we've had a whole week in between last week's parable and this week's encounter between these two sisters and the one they called their Lord. But on the page in the Bible, there is no space between last week's question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And this week's reply from Jesus, one thing is necessary. In the earliest Greek manuscripts of the Bible, there isn't even a paragraph break or a line break or everything. Last week's story just folds right into this story, this week. They happen immediately after one, one after another, and I think, I suppose, that there just might be something to learn about both of these passage, passages by hearing one after the other. And today's passage, Jesus says, Few things are necessary, indeed, only one. But he doesn't tell us exactly what that one thing is. He just says, Mary has chosen the good portion. We almost expect him to say, Mary has chosen the good portion, go and do likewise. Those words are still echoing in our ears from last week from the story that Jesus had told just before this. But he doesn't tell us what it means. He says that Mary has chosen what is good and this portion shall not be taken from her. Oh, sure, the story gives us clues as to what it means, but I would surmise that the parable of the charitable stranger, the good Samaritan from last week, informs our hearing of the parable of Mary, Martha, and the good Lord in their midst. Now, this story of Mary and Martha and Jesus, it's, it's only told by Luke. The other gospel writers don't seem to know about it. 
It's kind of a one-of-a-kind story, especially since it tells us of two women actively engaging with Jesus, speaking directly to him, and Jesus does not turn them away from being his disciples. We are grateful to Luke for telling this story so that we can see the faith and action of the women who took what Jesus had to say to heart. In fact, they took Jesus to heart. Luke gives us this gift, and he gives us another gift. A few chapters after this point, five chapters later, he tells us a story, this time of two brothers who are at odds with one another, and also of a wise and compassionate intermediary, a father, who stands between them. This story comes just five chapters later in, after our passage today, and there is one word that connects these two stories, and that word is portion. Portion. I thought you, could, you, th you probably thought it was going to be more exciting than that. Portion. But this little word that shows up in both stories, the story of the prodigal son and in Mary and Martha's story, could be a clue to understanding what Jesus means when he says, Mary has chosen the good portion, and it shall not be taken away from her. Now, in the story of the prodigal son, we have two brothers. Now, we don't know their names like we know Mary and Martha. Maybe we call them Jacob and Esau, after two other brothers from the Old Testament who were fighting over a certain portion of their inheritance. So maybe the younger brother we call Jacob, he goes to his father and he says, hey pops, um, give me the portion of all the stuff. And that's the best, that's my best translation of the Greek word that's there, stuff. Give me a portion of all the stuff. And it says his father divided between the two brothers his living and he divided into portions. Now the word used there, what I said living, is actually life. And it says, we translate it as property, but what it says is the father divided his life between the two sons. The younger brother, he chose his portion and what he thought was his, and he thought it was a good portion and he left. And you know the story, he squandered it all almost immediately. He squandered his good portion. He wasted it. He wasted the life the father had given him. And meanwhile, back at home, the older brother, Esau maybe, he had his portion. He had stayed close to his father and he held that portion too closely maybe to what he held it and he took pride in not squandering his portion, not wasting his portion, not misusing the life given to him. When that younger brother, Jacob, he returns home and he tries to apologize for losing his portion, the father showed that there was such an abundance of life here at home and that his portion had not been diminished in any way by his son taking it away. In the father's love and compassion, the portion that was lost was restored and multiplied. The older brother, still holding on resentfully to his portion, did not recognize that he too had more than he realized. 
keeping his eyes only on the portion that he held so closely, that the portion which kept him distracted from realizing the breadth of the gift of life he had. And the father says, everything I have is yours. It always has been. Yes, you have your portion, but your eyes have been so distracted from the abundance of life you have with me. Forgive your brother. Forgive your brother the portion he squandered, and you will see the portion that you have is greater than you ever truly imagined. O oh soul, why are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Which brother chose the better portion? Neither one, really. The younger brother wanted a portion of the stuff, and the father offered him his very life. The older brother guarded too carefully his portion, and he missed the life that he had with the father. Mary and Martha. Both of them also seek, with best intentions, to choose the best portion. Martha distracts herself, not with doing all the things that are necessary to supply hospitality for a surprise guest, even though that's what we're always told. Martha has chosen genuinely her portion to act compassionately to the stranger in her midst. So what else had she chosen that Jesus tells her that she is distracted? She is like the older brother from our other story. Who, is, who was distracted by his resentment, his guarding his portion of doing the right thing, the proper thing, the expected thing. Martha's eyes, too, are turned towards resentment, thinking someone else is squandering and misusing her portion. I mean, really, just look at Mary. She's a wastrel. She's, her allotted portion should be equal to mine, doing what is proper and necessary. Her eyes are turned away from Jesus. She is distracted not by her work, but by her frustration, jealousy, and her barely stifled anger. Things are not as they should be. We almost hear her through her gritted teeth as she implores Jesus, tell my sister to get up and help me. And Jesus, not surprisingly, does something surprising. He distracts her from her distracted spirit. Martha, Martha, Martha. He calls to awaken her body, mind, and spirit to something greater than a portion. He calls her attention to the abundance of life in her midst. Few things are necessary, and indeed only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is good. I could almost imagine Jesus telling the story to Martha at this point of those two brothers who grappled over portions when the fullness of life was in their midst. 
and all those others who were huddled around in this room with Jesus at his feet, in the doorways, crammed in to listen, could hear it. Once there were these two brothers who could not on their own choose what was good. Only the father's way of compassionate love was the real choice, the genuine portion that was actually the fullness of life. And at that moment, Mary's, Mary's spirit is not distracted, drawn about this way and that. She has chose, what she has chosen cannot be taken from her. She has chosen life through death into ever life everlasting he passed. And we follow him there over us sin no more hath dominion for more than conquerors we are. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. What the Gospel writer Luke tells us in a story. The author of Colossians tells us in an epic hymn. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and, un and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. For he himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the mystery of our faith. In Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. It's like the mystery of an acorn. The fullness of the oak is hidden in the folds of its little life. So, too, in Jesus, the fullness of God was present. In every room that Jesus stepped into, most people only saw a portion of the fullness of God. They saw perhaps the wisdom of God in his teaching, or the power of God in his healing, or the compassion of God in his loving, or the justice of God in his right-wising, that is, setting things right. Most of those around Jesus were distracted, seeking after only a portion of Jesus. We might miss the fullness of God seeking after a portion of what best fits our needs. What is necessary right now? And we get to that portion perhaps, we get that portion perhaps and nothing more. We are distracted. What we call life vies for our attention. The world is topsy-turvy, disordered, and chaotic. Someone else always seems to have more than us. 
We are carefully guarding our portion so that freeloaders, aliens, and wastrels don't get what we've worked so hard to maintain. Disease, alcohol, depression, fear, anger, drugs, money are all genuine distractions along with social media and the news, which all vie for our attention. Our lives become compartmentalized. We become alienated from one another through our layers of resentment that we've built up. We are in genuine need. Our eyes are truly and genuinely distracted, pulled this way and that. And into our midst steps Jesus, whom the author of Colossians says is the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and, and all generations, but has now been revealed to his holy ones, his saints. Now, raise your hand if you're a saint. Thank you. He understands. All of you should have raised your hands. Let's try it again. Raise your hand if you're a saint. You're, that's better. Okay. To them and to us, God chose to make known how great among them are the riches and the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mary shows us the way. She simply sits at Jesus' feet. She orients her body, mind, and spirit, not simply to learn of Jesus, but to poise herself to be encountered by God's portion for her. The abundance of life held within God's surprising distraction. Jesus, in whom God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery, which cannot be taken away from us. And when that young religious scholar from last week's story asked Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus answers, act towards other with, others with loving compassion Yet he also acknowledges the young scholar's first answer, which is love God. Love God. Choose Jesus as God's portion of life and life abundant. When we do this, like Mary, we orient ourselves to the Christ, the hope of our glory in our midst. And when we do, whatever distracts us from loving God in our midst will grow strangely dim. And just as Jesus promises that what Mary has chosen will never be taken away because it has always, already fully been there, so too, Jesus' word shall not fail you. He promised, believe him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.